ladies, this is Jessica Iterole. And I'm Barbara Saunders Livingston. And we want to welcome you to the Seeking Holy Podcast. A podcast for women seeking Christ in a challenging world. As you listen, we hope you'll be encouraged to open God's Word to seek Him and strengthen your abiding relationship with Christ. Whether you find yourself with plenty of time or not enough time, pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab your Bible, and join us for Seeking Holy. This week, we're going to be digging into some favorite subjects. We love and want more peace to enter His rest and to grasp joy. We think that it's only fair to prepare you that this may not be the average message on these subjects. In fact, ironically, Barbara and I found that this has been the most difficult series to write mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's about happy things, things we want. So why is it so much work? Why is it so hard for each of us to write and say these things? So we think there are a few things in play. One, peace, rest, and joy is something that many women are chasing, and it's easy that in pursuit of it, unknowingly, we bypass the actual way of acquiring it. (sighs) In concern for women who are wondering, I strive to have peace or enter his rest or to have joy, but it just isn't coming. We felt the need to identify, clarify, and caution women from going down this path that actually takes us away from those things. Mm. Number two, defining what these things are and what they are not to aid us and confirm for us that we are in fact pursuing the right things. And then three, solidifying our confidence in Him, Christ, so that we are actually able to abide in peace, in rest, and with joy two of which are fruits of the Spirit, and therefore not just something we can have in our own strength. We want to address this in these challenging times. Yes. So in the next few episodes, we've decided after much discussion, a good approach would be to address each subject in four parts. One, what are these? Uh, Two, is there a cost? Three, what are they not? And four, how do we receive and enjoy them? So in order to accomplish this, please realize that there will be highs and lows in each episode. There will be a sense of exhortation. Uh, We've been given so many promises of aid in God's Word, and there will be some hard stuff. We talked this over a lot as there were parts in reading and recording where one or both of us were like, man, this is deep, or man, this is hitting hard. We had to keep going back in prayer. And if I may just lay it out, we had to determine if we... We as ladies with the microphone, with the platform, to voice on this podcast, what is our style? What is our responsibility with how to handle what has been given to us? And we must teach the word. And I'm just being transparent here. You know, it's not easy all the time. It's ironically, this is feeling a bit heavy sometimes. So, okay, so we feel the need to address some ways peace, rest, and joy are being stolen perhaps from us. And dramatic as it sounds, it's true. But if you'll hang with us, we promise that while we get into some deep stuff, we won't leave you there. Sure, it's important to see and understand what is wrong so that we may avoid it. But more importantly, it's necessary that we see what is right, because that is where we anchor ourselves. 
That is where our confidence lies in Christ alone. Amen. In Christ. And there is no greater hope ever to be found in the heavens or on the earth than the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Mm. So, okay, are we ready? Lord Jesus, guide us with your Holy Spirit. Apart from you, we can do nothing. Yet through you, you've said we can do all things. Lead us, guide us, and direct us. Yes. So before we get started on defining peace, rest, and joy, let us all, all of us, ask ourselves, how do we define these terms? What do we think peace is? I often hear the term peace partnered with and quiet. And I quite like that (laughs) and would likely gravitate to thinking of peace in that way. But that may not be the actual way peace is always given as a definition. Or rest. Ooh, ladies, are you tired? Hmm. Do you long to have some solitude? Mm, Amen. What does rest look like to you? What about joy? What is joy? And is it happiness? How close is it to happiness? In these answers lay the hidden pursuits. What is it we're searching for? Yes. What are we searching for? Hmm. I shared in my testimony in the last episode, episode two, that I had searched for these and many other places and people and things. And I knew nothing of true peace and joy, much less rest before knowing Christ. There was a time in my life that I attempted to find these things through mind-altering chemicals and situations and other people. I thought the only way I was going to get some rest was through a shot of heroin. Seriously, I thought the only way I'd experience any peace and a break from emotional and mental pain and torment I was experiencing was to pop a few painkillers. You know, and the only way I was going to find any fun or joy in life at all, I thought was to drink alcohol. And as some may know or be able to relate with, um, all that counterfeit searching led me right to frustration, misery, addiction, unhealthy relationships, and eventually incarceration. Uh, The lack of peace and joy in my life led to despair and true desperation. We don't have to look very far to realize there remains desperation all around us. Desperation can lead to salvation, sanctification, and eternal life. But there also remains a desperation among us which can make some vulnerable to um, synthetic signs, miracles, wonders that can cause us to focus on and become vulnerable to You know, just all this stuff in the world, politics, promotions, positions, and immediate pleasures, um, leaving us exposed to a susceptibility to being unable to discern the difference between regurgitated, canned, processed, and reprocessed spiritual stuff posing as real spiritual food. Mm. You know, Jess asked, what are we searching for? Another question could be, what are we willing to settle for? Mm, That's a big one. What are we willing to settle for? And are we settling? I know I quoted this, I think, in episode one, just briefly uh, mentioning John 6. But of course, I think of this in this context. um, Just the thoughts of how Jesus was being sought 
and what he was being sought for, Mm -hmm. which in this case were for bread, for loaves and signs. So I'm going to read just a little bit of that and um, I will be paraphrasing it some. But I think the message is so important when we go to look at how much we want peace, how much we want rest or joy, any and all those things. Really, we could fill in the blanks with so much stuff. I know I can. Yes. But it really comes down to, yeah, what are we searching for? So John 6, starting at 25, says, And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. And meat, I'll point out, is what we here on this podcast and every believer really should be growing towards, not to remain on the milk, but to be able to partake of the meat. Mm. But here we have, let's just remember that uh, they are seeking him because this is following the miracle of the five loaves and two fishes and they're hungry. So they're basically, they're like, that's the man, the one right there. And, And they're hungry and they're looking for another sign. So continuing on, then they say unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he has sent. And they said, therefore, unto him, what sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What doest thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. See, they're thinking of that bread again. They're like, hmm, I could go for some manna right now. (laughs) As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus then said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. Hmm. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. And so Jesus just said something very profound there. He's, mm-hmm. he's trying to connect that message that he is the way. Yes. He is the Messiah. And of course, they are going to see that some will recognize it and some won't, but it's leading up to this event. But they keep thinking about the bread. And we see that demonstrated because what's the next verse? And they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. <laughs> I mean, they're like really fixated on it, right? And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. So here we have a metaphor and analogy. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Mm. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the father giveth me shall come to me and him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the father's will, which hath sent me that of all, which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. Hmm. That to me is an interesting verse because I read that. And I think despite the cross, humility and suffering, etc., Jesus says that he would raise everything that belongs to him on the last day. Amen. You know, he also stated he had his life to the power to give his life. He had the power to take it back. 
And yet not only does he take his life back, but he will also raise up everything that belongs to him in that last day. And he goes on to say that this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. And unfortunately, the Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Mm. Yeah, so this is where Jesus loses people, even today. And we're asking ourselves, what is it we are willing to settle for? Perhaps over the real deal, the real joy, real rest, and real peace. Not only does Jesus say, I am the bread of life, which comes down from heaven. He goes even further and tells them, if anyone eats of this bread himself, he will live forever. And this bread I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. In 652, at that, the Jews argue among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, I assure you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in yourselves. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day because my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me and I in him just as the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It is not like the manna your fathers ate and they died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. So this last Friday, uh, known as Good Friday, uh, my husband and I uh, prepared and uh, partook of communion, uh, the elements at home while commemorating what Jesus had done for us. And, and in remembrance of his body being beaten and shred and his blood being poured out for the forgiveness of many, you know, for us, we set together uh, the elements before us knowing what they symbolize. And so we prayed and we began examining ourselves uh, where that there is an unworthy manner, you know, in which to partake of these things. So, you know, it's at that very point, it's at this very point, the awareness came into view again of what it took for us to possess these things, to experience true joy and peace, which surpasses understanding, you know, the real rest not to mention forgiveness. The requirement of examination and repentance and the partaking of his body, his blood, his life, and suffering, this is where most turn away. And they begin to doubt and they say, you know, this is too hard. This is ridiculous. And they walk away in disbelief. More coming up right after this. Looking to take your Bible reading to a deeper level? Check out the Blue Letter Bible, an online Bible-centered resource of study tools linked directly to Bible passages, including commentaries, encyclopedias, maps, images, and much more. Your daily Bible reading will come alive as you explore the context of passages by expounding upon text and audio commentaries, search scriptures, and examine the original meaning of Hebrew and Greek words utilizing the lexicon feature. So, if you're wanting to dive deeper into understanding God's Word, download the Blue Letter Bible app or visit blueletterbible.org. 
um, back in John here, 660. Therefore, when many of his disciples heard this, they said, this teaching is hard. Who can accept it? And Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were complaining about this, asked them, does this offend you? Then what if you were to observe the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? The Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some among you who don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning those who would not believe and the one who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. And so from that moment, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. And so, you know, when Jesus brings it all back to himself, we learn quickly why we're really in this thing. Uh, See, Judas was with Jesus, but he seemed to be hungry for the money and other things. And those who are following Jesus and settling for anything other than his glory, becoming like him in his death and resurrection, turn back. They fall away and they no longer follow him. And yet there are the few. In verse 67, therefore, Jesus said to the 12, you don't want to go away too, do you? Simon Peter answered, Lord, who will we go to? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. You know, this passage alone reveals that there are temptations to search in other sources for true life. And there are many who settle for these food to fill our bellies, entertainment to fill our eyes, synthetic spirituality to suffice. However, there's only one source for true peace, rest and joy. Remember, those who repent, who remain in Him, and partake of Jesus Himself are often seen as strange and different and peculiar. So what happens when folks stop following Jesus but continue going to church? How do we know we're not just following religious trends or a man at the front speaking or our own hunger and thirst after earthly food and desires? How do we know we're not just standing and defending denominational wars and differences? As we reflect on this, let's not fret at the thought of being a peculiar people. You know, peculiar originally meant to be set apart and designated for a special purpose. But let us not fret at being a peculiar person, even among our own kind. It's in the time of seeking Him, meditating upon His Word, petitioning in prayer, surrendering our careers, our businesses, our partner, our children, our expectations, our control, rearranging priorities, shutting out the world's influence, giving away our very life that God shrouds us in His peace. He rejoices over us with singing. He quiets us with His love. And we come to know who we are, who we really are in Christ Jesus. And more importantly, He reveals more and more of Himself to us. I think of Luke 19, where Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem and His people. Jesus showed the heart of God how even when judgment must be pronounced, if you read there in 19, it is never done with joy. 
Even when God's judgment is perfectly just and righteous, his heart weeps at the bringing of the judgment. I'd like to wrap up all of this with a thought on a passage that has become increasingly popular lately. And it should, as it is such a special and comforting passage. And I'm talking about the passage of Psalm 23. Yes. It's my hope that as we reflect on what it is we're searching for, that we will rekindle ourselves with our precious Lord and Savior. Ladies, we are praying for a revival in this country and across the world. Hmm. And you know, I believe some of you are too. And the revival begins with you and I, and it starts with our relationship growing stronger with the Lord in His Word, in abiding in Him, praying to Him, that beautiful, wonderful, special, and specific fellowship. And I know that if Barbara and I come on here and write and record yet, we aren't abiding. We aren't doing these things ourselves. We begin doing it in our own strength instead of us drawing from Him. And really in the end, what good is that? Yes. The Lord wants us to fellowship with Him, to lavish His wonderful goodness upon us, for us to be inquisitive about His nature. What a delight to feel that way. And to never be satisfied to learn enough about him. Hmm. We will spend thousands and thousands of years into eternity and will still be marveling at his majesty and greatness because with him, there is no end to it. (laughs) Amen. So let us close in thinking upon the goodness of our great God. And may you get with your savior in an interest and desire to abide with him. So I'm going to read... Psalm 23, and then I'm going to follow that with a interpretation of what one of the many things that I think it's saying. And of course, that interpretation is not a substitution for the actual word of God, and it isn't the only interpretation. It's just the one that I think of, and I would really like to share it with you. So Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Mm. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I will want for nothing. He causes me to rest. He leads me by calm waters. He restores me as I read his holy word and I pray. He leads me to walk uprightly and guards me. Although I walk through terrible storms, he holds back the rushing sea. Although I'm circled day and night by a terrible lion seeking to devour me, I fix my eyes on the shepherd and he leads me. 
I hear the snarl. I feel the heat of the lion's breath. And momentarily I catch myself stopping, tempted to defend myself. But I'm hooked back onto the path by my shepherd's rod. The one who keeps me, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. When accusers testify of me and others seek to hurt me, I only show them the love and the quiet spirit and the mercy of God. And he rewards me by lifting me up blameless so that all can see his great work and his redeeming nature. Lord, you heal me and prepare me. You have plans for me. You train me in the wilderness as your desires become my own. I'm overwhelmed with your loving kindness towards me. Surely your mercy and grace will chase me forever, for I've been given something (laughs) I could never earn or repay. But I'll spend eternity in your presence, praising you forever. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining us. Tune in tomorrow for the next segment, Peace That Surpasses All Understanding. We'll see you then. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you can be notified when new episodes are released. Also, please feel free to rate and review our podcast and share it with all your friends. Thank you for spending your time with us. We hope you're leaving with a deepening fascination to fellowship with the one who has created you for his purpose and desires to show you more of his goodness every day. 